Welcome to another episode of Victory the Podcast. I'm Doug Allen. I'm Kevin Dillon. Victory! Sounds good. Hold mm-hmm. on, let me do that. Oh, there we go. Oh. KC. That had a good snap. Enjoy yourself a brew. Kevin Conley is finally becoming a real part of the show. He's been hiding like to see if we get success, and each, <laughs> each week the numbers grow, he gets a little more like visible. Yeah, yeah. Our show. Yeah. I'm waiting to hear him say that. Yeah, no, he says your show, by the way, especially yeah. when he's talking about the contracts, which your lawyer didn't call my fucking lawyer back. So That's anyway. not true. Uh, well, he it's says not, this is not true. By the way, though, Kevin, he's enjoying those Irish crickets back there. Like I am enjoying that. the Irish crickets, and we should get these contracts done. Yeah, we should. Yeah. I mean, it's I, all I'm joking ready. aside, it takes two seconds. I'm not sure I'm what ready. else I can do. My lawyer called, and no one called him right, back. Right. Unless, well, you're we'll you're liar, unless you're calling my lawyer a liar. I am calling your lawyer. I'm not afraid of your lawyer. My prominent <laughs> lawyer a liar. But I'm so we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna talk about season two, episode five, neighbors. With uh, Bob Saget, Anthony uh, Anderson. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember who else came in this episode, but it was a good episode. But before we do, I got some, I got some other stuff going on since Kevin Conley is such a uh, Instagram obsessed guy, and Kevin Dillon. I mean, you had no idea what Instagram really was 12 months ago, and now, now Connolly, his team. Connolly has a team, which I don't makes have a sense. team. What are you talking about? All right, well, stock tip, Dave. We I got stock tip, Dave. I have a team. But so Kevin Connolly <laughs> sends out a clip from the previous show and asks us to post it on our Instagram, and Kevin Dillon replies with, "I'll get it to my team." I'll get it to my team was the exact quote. <laughs> Who is this team? Well, okay, wait, this is kind of a temporary thing, I think. But uh, I had a buddy of mine, Don Johnson, the gambler. Not, not from Miami Vice. Not from Miami Vice. <laughs> okay. This guy's like a professional gambler, one of my really great friends. Stayed at my house for a couple months during the quarantine. Right. And, and stayed in the guest house. And uh, I wouldn't take He's like trying to give me money. I was like, I'm not taking your money, bro. And so what he did was he set me up with this team of people. And they're uh, <laughs> kind of handling my Instagram. Not my kind of handling it. My doing really well. It's since, crazy. But what is yeah, it? What, I send photos. Explain to me what this means. How many people are on this team? Like he had well, the Murphy just group. Two, there, there are two people. All right, it's a yeah, small yeah. team. It's yeah. like a, you know, like a, like right, a volleyball there's more, team. There's more people like a, on that team than there was in the Murphy group. <laughs> it's, <laughs> yes. It's like a beach volleyball team. Yes. But they're, I swear to God, they're doing great. Well, they really the, are. What they do is they ask a question a lot. Right. They go, what do you think of whatever? And people respond. I'm getting more... More action, more people are, are, are taught, you know, uh, more responses. I'll I tell you what else, what else you're doing, which, listen, I'll follow your lead. I just, as I've said, even though Conley wants to abuse me about it, I started trying to make Instagram a real thing like seven months ago. Before that, it was my dog and my kids and whatever. So now, yeah. you know, we all understand if we want to get the word out about this podcast, which we do. And again, people there... Spread it around. Send it in your Instagram stories. Yeah. Give us five-star rating if you're enjoying it and, uh, and help us. But yeah. you have 400 hashtags. Does that do something? A lot of hashtags. I, you know what? I have no idea. <laughs> They're setting up the hashtags. They find out what the ha- hot hashtags are. And where what do you that find do? out they, the hot hashtags? It's, it's when they, you land They somewhere. know where and how to do that. I have no idea how they're doing it. But so if you hashtag- I do know that they don't always say... What I would say, so sometimes I'll have to get in there and correct things. The <laughs> first time you heard them pitch, tag someone who fucks like a puma. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was this shocked. This is aggressive. I, I thought it was very aggressive. <laughs> but I looked at the numbers and I was like, oh my God. The numbers. I'm, I have, not, I, I'm not even going to change this. I'm going to leave it because I have to say people something are about loving it. Yeah. Kevin Connolly and I are so like cautious about being politically correct. So what happens is Dylan just gets into Instagram. He just goes through a breakup and, and all of a sudden he's, he's posting pictures with women and doing things that he, is really not him. Now I know it's his team. But 
When I woke up in the morning and saw a picture of you that said, tag someone who fucks like a puma, I almost threw up. I'm like, I'm like Tom, you called me. I was I fucking hysterically Conley. laughing. And Conley I laughs. didn't even know it was up there until it had already done. Really well, so I, I, <laughs> I love you. I left it up there. I love it. Like it's like a little for you. This You're is like, like these a, numbers are just too good. I can't. Yes, take this I, down. I can't take this down. So you post something. It's like a little opening weekend for you. It's like a little like see how it's doing, and you're not yeah, pulling yeah. it down. And I think the incredible thing about Kevin Dillon is in real life and how he what he brought to Johnny dramas. People fucking like you, no matter what you... If I posted tag someone who fucks like a puma, I mean, I, I would be tortured. That would be the end of my life. They, they, they put me in page six, as they've done before, calling me Dreadful Doug, these pieces of shit. And, and bad things would happen. I mean, so what do you think it is about you that makes people just like you? You're not that fucking nice. Well, you know what it is? I am that nice, actually. <laughs> but what it is, is it's the character. It's It's... Johnny Drama. It's not me in a way. Right. I'm I'm able to kind of post it as Johnny Drama. Right. So I don't take the rap for it. I still right. blame you for that. Doug Ellen created this guy. <laughs> That's but funny. I, I did get in a little bit of trouble just for uh, you know, I I love golf, as does Kevin Connolly, and I played Trump National Golf Course, I had a great time. And of course my brother Matt's like, Hey, dude, why, why are you plugging Trump like that? <laughs> he got on me about that. I was like, I was I was just playing golf, bro. It's a great golf course. It's a beautiful a great, golf course and it really doesn't have anything course. to do with Trump. You know, no, it's it owned does. by a company, it, it right? Does. Yeah. And it I mean, but I, I, I could hear what, what you, you know, know where he's we, we from. shot at Trump International with Tom Brady. Yes. And, they gave us some love. And, and you know what? We're never talking politics on this show, but I just wish the world would get back to what's important and not you know, there there's people who work everywhere. I mean, there's people yeah. who work at Trump International that don't like Trump or do, and they everyone needs their jobs. And everyone yeah, needs we were out there with one of the pros, and it was a free round, which is a very expensive <laughs> round, too. So yeah, it sure like is. A, a free round out there. So well. what we've learned is Dylan, will, if it's free, he don't really give a fuck who he's supporting. Kind of like you with a blue check mark. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but Dylan, I'm curious. So how how many, joke around, how much, seriously, how many people are on the team, and what's the process? So do they run it I by you, two people. or do they just post it? And do you go, yo? Are you no, crazy? I, Take I that send down. photos and I tell them, you know, what I think they should post. And of course, anything that's uh, the Victory Podcast, uh, I want want that out there. So I send that to them, and they're just my, my numbers are going up big time. <laughs> I mean, it's just it's incredible. I was stagnant at like one hundred and one for so long. That what are you I, sitting at now? One ten. He's closing in on you, Doug. I am not. I am not sure people. I I don't think people can really understand though. Like if Kevin Dillon, Johnny Drama was on Instagram when this show was on, he would have. He would honestly have had ten million followers. But now, after all the time, I told him. I said, Kevin, you can make money off of this. You can get a lot of stuff. He was so anti it, and now that he's embraced it and the team, I think everyone should should spread the word because his account is funny and Kevin Dillon. Yeah, but you know what's fun? It's kind of fun. I'm enjoying it. It wastes time. Yeah. You know what? It gives yeah, you something yeah. to do, especially yeah. why we have nothing to do now. Kevin, so. the, the timber, when you cut down the tree in your backyard, yeah. I watched it like 20 times. Who would have thought that that would have? I would have watched response. it 20 times. I'm in my PJs and I'm wearing slippers and I cut down a tree in my backyard. Everyone went nuts. Because but it you really. Went, timber! But here's here's the problem. My team put put in. I, <laughs> okay, stop saying you like your my, team. Stop saying your team. <laughs> My people do you, said that. Does everyone said, understand? No, no, hold on, Doc. That they said, look out. How do you like my work with a chainsaw? Meanwhile, I was holding a sawzaw. So I didn't check it right away. When I finally got back to it, everyone's like, that's a sawzaw, dude. You got to learn your tools. You know? So I was like, like very I embarrassing that I wouldn't know that it was a 
saw some. I then. think what is so incredible. Timber! I feel, and Timber's a good word for it. I feel <laughs> they all that, said I should have said victory there. I feel victory. this. I feel we this can dub sh- it. You want to redo it? No. Sorry, Doug. With that, I want to get back to now our, our show. So, season two, episode five, Neighbors. All right. I love this episode. The, Great episode. Yeah. The summation really is, is, and it is a very Hollywood thing. It's perception in Hollywood. And what happens is they land Aquaman, but then they find out from Chucky, which I love so much. And I got to give a little background on Chuck, who is one of Kevin's best friends and is, is one of the most successful people, I think, either of us know. He's done well for himself. He's mm-hmm. done really well for himself. And at the time, um, he just, you know, he wants a little bit role. And I just thought when I watched it last night and hear uh, Ari say uh, a club promoter named, oh, well, I'm doing drama for some reason, but a club <laughs> promoter named Chucky said that Leo's doing Aquaman. Um, it was really funny. But what the episode is about is Vince was convinced to do a movie, finally agreed to do it, and now he finds out that he may not have it because there's a bigger star that they want for the movie. Yeah. This happens all the time. It does. And anything like this ever happening? Well, to you? Dylan, yes. I'll tell you, you're Many never times. the first choice in a good scenario. In the well, best maybe case you scenario, the <laughs> in the best story. case scenario, five they had five other people in mind. Yes, it's usually. true. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. And that goes for almost anybody. Yeah, whoever it is, there's just always, even if it's one or two or whatever, you're, you're rarely do you get well, written for well, sometimes this guy. I am the first choice, but I don't usually want to do that movie. Right. <laughs> you know, well, yeah, you're, your first else. choice is stuff yes. you don't want to do. Right. Yes. Exactly. Stuff you want to do. You got to battle. For. Exactly. And I have seen the scenario as it's painted out in this episode, which I've seen with good friends of mine who've blown up and the money starts going quickly. Like these are guys who had no money. All of a sudden they think they have this have $12 million deal. <laughs> they're buying homes. They're buying cars. And I think, you know, again, in, in speaking about loyalty and friendship, I really liked watching this episode because the guys are really sweet. And I will talk about the politically incorrect stuff as too. But you guys are trying to not spend Vince's money. Yes. Tur- Tightening our belts. Yes. Yeah. Turtle is, is, <laughs> is like, that. I don't need a TV in my room, which is a conversation. Yeah, you yeah, would Mike, typically- hey, forget about the cave implants, bro. <laughs> you, you made a good point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't need those. And these are typical, typically conversations one would have with their parents when they're children. And I think that's what's so yeah. funny about it. Because because they are so innocent. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about this episode. There's a lot going on in this episode, well, right? Well, Saget so- shows up at the house and just kind of barges his way into but the Doug, house. But, Doug, exp- explain it to me. So it, it starts with the phone call that there's a, a blurb in Variety about Vince doing Aquaman. So mm-hmm. yep. there's stories out there, but he doesn't have the job. Right. So that's where yes. the panic starts. So this is pure panic because then everyone in town thinks you have this giant movie. Anthony Anderson, which I love, uh, 15 years later, is is throwing out the line that, you know, uh, why don't you put a little color in, in Aquaman? And yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah. a great, great moment. And he's and like, hey, I got your brother Johnny. And I was like, I got cut out of that. And he's <laughs> like... You ungrateful bastard. You're lucky you got anything. <laughs> he was yeah. really great in that, he by the great. way. He's, he's, great. he's had a hell of a he's, career. He's an awesome Anderson. dude, too. Jesus I love Christ. him. He just keeps going. going. So Big An- golfer, too. Loves his golf. So Anthony Anderson, which he will tell you, and he's still mad at me about it, but Anthony Anderson read 
for Fat Beach and did not oh, get the role. Whoa. He didn't get it. I mean, and, and he's still well, mad you're an about idiot. it. Did you say he's <laughs> mad listen, about it? I'm not. Listen, Anthony. Oh, I'm sure he's <laughs> devastated. He's he hasn't slept a wink since that one slipped I, through his fingertips. I, I am not gonna, I'm not going to say that Anthony Anderson spends five seconds thinking about it, but he definitely did. And we, if know, I saw Anthony Anderson and said, "Have you ever heard of a movie named Fat Beach?" He would I, be like, I will, "God, I will, Kevin, you don't know the troubles." I will bet you every fucking penny I have. Of course that Anthony knows what Fat Beach is and would have been great for Fat Beach and anything else, and I'd love to get him. But also, listen, we know competitive people, which we can talk about it with you guys. I mean, the Kevin Hart story is great because Kevin Hart read for basically... Kissing uh, a Fool. No, for for the show. He read for... He read for Bow Wow. He read for the role of uh, Charlie, uh, E's new client. Uh, and it came down to Bow Wow and Kevin Hart and Doug. Uh, that's not what happened. It didn't. Wow. It didn't come down to Bow Wow. I remember. It didn't come down to Bow Wow and Kevin Hart. Yeah, it did. I get a tape of a bunch of people and whatever. Whether I I really looked at it or I didn't or not, whatever it was, I saw Bow Wow. I never. I, I didn't really think about it. It wasn't essentially. It wasn't initially that big a part. Yeah. It was. Then I started hearing. Now you got to understand two things so I can clear this up. I wish to God I cast Kevin. Oh, <laughs> do you think so? I love Kevin. And Biggest movie star in the world? Yes. Yeah, why would you want to do that? If I could go back in time, I, I, I wouldn't. But what was happening is I was getting all these calls that this this comedian was saying what a bitch I am. And I'm like, what? what? I think he said that to me one day. He said it to everybody. I'm like, what's happening? Like Kevin Hart says you're a bitch. I'm like, who's Kevin Hart? Again, we're talking 2003. <laughs> so you uh, never really went through all the tapes. I might not have, you know. I yeah, mean, there were so yeah. many roles that came in, and that's not to say Bow Wow was great. I think he kind of threw Connolly around in an office scene once, didn't he? Yeah, well, him and me and him and Seth Green <laughs> combined three hundred and twenty pounds at three of us. <laughs> well, we landed Kevin Hart, on a, we landed on a breakaway table that didn't break, <laughs> and that is a true story. Well, what I'll say to finish that <laughs> we off, bounced off a breakaway table. <laughs> Seth awesome. Green, three myself, guys. and Bow Wow landed on a breakaway table, and it stayed there. We rolled off of it. <laughs> Well, what I'll say is I wish I cast Kevin Hart, but Kevin Hart would have fucking thrown Connolly through that table. He would have kicked the yeah, shit yeah, out yeah, of Connolly. He's, uh, he's, yeah, he's, no, he's a real dude, but you didn't look at his tape, so he's not on the show. And a great guy, too. We were all hanging out with him uh, at South by, by Southwest. Way, Kevin Hart was great with us for yes. no reason during the Entourage movie. He came to the party. Oh, that's absolutely. right. He took that's the right. pictures. He took a Kevin Hart. Yeah. Good dude. Good dude. And by good the way, dude. Kevin Hart, great dude, great talent. And, you know, you the, probably saved his career. I probably <laughs> saved his career and ruined my own because think about it. Kevin Hart does that fucking show. Totally. All of a sudden, Kevin and I, we, we hit it off. We're making movies together. I'm not doing this fucking podcast. I'm directing Kevin Hart movies. So what a fucking loser. Well, you skipped I am. over his tape. And here we are. <laughs> Fuck. Any of it. But it is. So that starts off with the panic. But what, what was that about, Doug? And does that happen? Yeah, that happened. So what that was about is is you've told your client he has a job. This has happened to me, by the way. I I was supposed to write this movie about the American Basketball Association. I'm 25 pages in, and my agent calls me and tells me that they fired the president of MGM and that I'm no longer writing this. I'm like, <laughs> wow. well, I'm halfway done. Because you, you often in this business, as a writer especially, you're waiting for the check and you start to work because you were told it was done. Yeah. As an actor, Obviously, you're not on the set, but Vince was convinced, not convinced, he was told you have the job, yeah. and now he bought a house, and now uh, he's, he's living that life. He's walking around the streets, and everybody's doing it. And as we all know... Does he get mad at me for that? Oh, yeah, he gets oh, mad yeah. at you. Adrian has one of his... his Best scenes when he yells at yes, you and does. Ari was, in that show. He was strong in this episode. He was excellent. He, he was really strong. And Kevin, you wake up to Shauna. Shauna's like berating you like... 
get out of bed. It's uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. And go look at Variety because you're in trouble. Yeah. And basically, that's how it starts. Some great lines in there, too, about Variety. that uh, he already basically says they're a high school paper trying to pick on the cool kids or whatever, which is how I feel about <laughs> Variety. Just fucking But are they? But, but they, can, they can print rumors. So they didn't really print anything wrong. They printed the truth. He didn't have the job. So Variety was right. Variety printed that he did have the job. Oh, so it's yeah. now out there that he has the job. And he's when, talking about and telling yeah. all his friends. And he's walking him. around with his chest puffed out. Yeah, well, I just bought a house, which was, uh, yeah. I believe, that's the Beverly Hills Two house, right? That's the yeah. Beverly Hills Cop. So. Yeah, Beverly Hills. Yeah, Beverly Hills. Cop. It's Victor Maitland's house. Yeah, it's Victor Maitland's mm-hmm. house. What happens in this episode? And again, it's you see why. Uh, whether Dylan likes it or not, he was the lead of the show. This episode is what? Excuse me. This this oh, ep- dude. What show are you watching? <laughs> you were watching a different show. Yeah. He reminded us every day. Hey, are you number one on the call sheet? No, you're not. Listen, yeah. when it's all else fails, it's even Steven, and then when it's a five way tie, you got to go to the number one on the call sheet. <laughs> well, Conley was. Hey, by the way, he called me number three. Some hey, number three. Take it easy there. <laughs> you're number three on the call sheet. Well, you know what? It, I'm going to need three and four to simmer down at craft <laughs> service over here. This is Conley's episode. What he's going through is he just went through this whole thing to try to become the official manager and be the guy. And now he's fucked up because his friend is walking around town like he's got this movie, taking congratulations, spending money, and he has basically nothing. So mm-hmm. that that's what the episode plot is about. And then we have the other stuff, which... Some may say is politically incorrect. Genius Bob Saget coming into this episode. The storyline of the prostitutes living next door to them was based on Heidi Fleiss. Heidi Fleiss. Yep. But it was based on real stories that I had heard at the time. We wanted to make it comical. It wasn't supposed to be anything. But Bob Saget just killed this. We yeah. Most people knew him as Danny Tanner from Full House. I knew him as this great comedian that I grew up watching and, and was off-color comedy that he did. Yeah. So, I mean... Let's just start from the beginning. When Sag- Saget really walks in, which is exactly what I always want when you bring a guest on. Fruit wa- basket in hand. Just want him to take over, though, you know? Like DVDs wa- of his show. Yeah, <laughs> handing out full house DVDs. That he almost want. knocked me over with that yeah, basket, He too. sees he Vince, me. and he just, like, throws E out of the way, which is very easily done. When <laughs> very easily he's achieved. 115 pounds. Very easily so achieved like, when you put your mind e to it. flew across the room. Connolly, you and Saget are fucking wrestling on a table. Who's coming out on top of that? Um, Saget's wiry, man. He's got yeah. reach, like Tommy Hearns type reach. Connolly's got a lot well, of anger, though. 60, he's got a lot of anger. Sixty years old, but Saget's sixty. I love Saget. Well, well we shot this. Us. We I shot this ten years ago, so he was fifty. Okay, yeah, no, I'm fifty. Me. Are the you answer, calling me feeble? Like, we could, like if we got on a the table, it's just a beat. Why, why would we be on a table? That's weird, dude. <laughs> that is weird. Are you talking about on the front lawn? Why would we be on a table? <laughs> I don't know because you and Bowell got on the table and broke nah, the table. We I mean, fell yeah, on you a didn't table. break the table. It's a breakaway table, and three guys. You and Seth Green and, and Bow Wow could not break the break. I told table. the I told the uh, prop guy, I'm like, you got to cut into those legs another half inch to make this thing buckle. <laughs> By the way, I'm 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 such a person who lives life with regrets, but and I love Bow Wow, but I'm just still seeing Kevin Hart throwing you down now and a whole career that I could have had. I fucked uh, up. So anyway, everyone out had. There, everyone out there who's making films and TV, watch all the casting tapes. Don't <laughs> don't fucking skim through them just because you think you got the guy. You anyway. want it to be on the set. You want it to be on the set. I you want, want to, to be, be on, on the set, it. but I want to be on the set with Kevin Hart. And I yes. fucked up. And instead, I was on the set with Connolly. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> so anyway, so Saget walks in, just 
takes over the room. Yes. And uh, do, do you, I mean, do you remember that day at all? Because I, 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 do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I just I, I remember some of the the lines were hilarious. And once Vince going, who the fuck was this guy? <laughs> you know, didn't know who Saga was. He should know who he is. But uh, yeah, he's a film snob. He's a, he's film, a film snob. But I kind of I kind of believe Leo would not know who uh, who the Full House show is back then. Yeah, but ago. I think. Now you know, it's whatever like everyone... it, it, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not disagreeing with the creative choice, but I think that like a lot of these <laughs> guys are more, no more than, than you might think they do. It's also more now. Yes, Leo would have known in a heartbeat who Bob Sanger. Well, 15 years later now, TMZ and everything else, everybody knows who everybody is, but then it was, you know, it was a yeah, little. He probably would have known him then too, uh, but go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I never saw the show, to be honest with the Full House show. I never saw it. I never so, saw Full I, House I, either. You know, I caught it on, I yeah. knew who he was yeah, yeah. from the show. By the way, that's a great. A great thing to bring up, Kev, because it's true. You know, I was never a big Desperate Housewives fan, but I knew who all the Desperate Housewives yes, were. Me too. Agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's do, like do you, you know, just see it from being in yes, once again. You don't have the to watch it to know these guys. Correct. He's still trying to like prove that like he would have fucking seen the Kevin Hart tape and he would have put him in. That's what <laughs> I don't know why I'm wrestling on are. a table with Bob Saget. It's just I don't know. It's got. I just make it vibe to it. We've just we've had a lot of talks about what cast members you could beat up and which you couldn't. But, but, you, but rolling around on a table at all? I meant a wrestling. Next level of darkness to it. It's weird. So Sagan comes in. We're almost <laughs> going to get through this first scene in the in the house, but that's really what it is. And and uh, again, a lot of that stuff was based on you live in Hollywood, and your neighbor could be anyone. Yeah, and yeah. even if you're not even if you're not rich, rich, you can be in a small little house, and there's a mansion next door. And I, I one of the great lines too is he goes. Hey, anyone an Xbox guy here? And Turtle just turns away. He clearly didn't know who Saget was either. He was like, no, 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 nothing here. <laughs> it's just I love re- that line. And it is funny because Bob in real life, uh, as we'll see, he's coming in soon, is a very cool guy. But we're playing it like he's the most irritating, obnoxious, and like yeah. like Turtle wouldn't want to hang out with Bob Saget. Yeah. But, which- Doug, you know, you're you're right. I mean, I, I live up uh, up the hill here, like up Doheny, and um, – you know, I have a modest house. I mean, this, you know, not on star maps. Is that what you're it's saying? It's pretty nice, bro. It's, it's no, it's a nice, nice house, but I'm saying like, you know, Jay, you know, Dr. Dre's house down the block is $40 million. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, what right, I mean? So yeah. I have a nice house, but you're right. Like one day I'm standing out on my porch and it's pretty early in the morning and I'm like literally in my bathrobe drinking my coffee mug and I'm looking in front of my house and I'm like, that's Michael Douglas. Right. I'm a hundred percent sure that that's Michael Douglas. Right. And then I like Isn't kind of make an excuse in, to mosey out and supposed to be in the Bahamas into the house, right now. and and he was um in town doing the the Comiskey method. But I went outside to try to you know hey neighbor yeah. kind of try to do the hey neighbor he's like, thing. Who the fuck is that guy? He's yeah. like so you were the weird He's dude like you don't know where I live, and please don't come to my house. So so Connolly is the Saget of that relationship <laughs> with Michael yes. Douglas. Okay, so he was not coming over with a basket of and, uh, and, Fatal yeah. Attraction. DVDs. He did not invite me over for. Uh, a beer or anything. It is interesting. You really do, uh, you know, when we've talked about it before, but people always talk about were there too many cameos? They're not. You walk around Hollywood and everywhere you turn, you you do see somebody. If that's, yes. that's yeah. interesting or not is up to you to decide. So also a big part of this story, which I also think plays into the innocence of these guys, Turtle can't get a woman. He's He's on a... A cold streak 
which yes. I think we all know he's, and, and he points it out, he's never had a hot streak. So it's really talk, <laughs> and a lot of it is. A cold streak would imply that at one point you had a hot streak. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Turtle did not, and Jerry is he's really sweet. He was still episode. a season two Turtle, too. He hadn't <laughs> lost all that weight. But they were coming up. I've said this before. There were women coming up to the set and asking for Turtle. Like, they had a crush on him before he lost the weight. So I know he couldn't have gone 22 and 10 on a basketball court with that weight, but he, he was able to get women. They liked him. They thought he was cute. They saw the face. Jerry always did good with girls. Yeah, Jerry did. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, you know, better person probably, probably than looking, but he's a, he's a good man. We love him. So, Jerry, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, 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 Turtle, so Turtle is having this cold streak. Johnny Drama, who really also probably has an out of hot streak, is going to help a little cold streak. But he thinks, I'll get you laid, Turtle. I can handle this. Trust me. I got a couple sure things. Yeah. So (laughs) this comes in, which we'll we'll go back to that. But first we have, which is the big story here, Billy Walsh is doing looping, you know, and he is going to become the obstacle to James Cameron casting Vince in Aquaman. Also, too, one of the things that we did in this episode, and I think it's interesting for people that are not in the business, is ADR. Yeah. Which is additional dialogue replacement. And that could be where you repair dialogue if there's a police siren or a microphone drop. There's lots of different scenarios. You you could change complete performances with ADR, as I'm yes. sure Dylan has experienced. Yes, you could ruin a performance um, with ADR, too. That's why sometimes I refuse to do ADR on certain lines. Right, like you'll actors, never be able to get yeah, it. directors will ask you to ADR. You're like, well, I like it the way it was. It sounds right, great, and I won't, it, I won't get this I performance can, back. I cannot even tell you how much I hate ADR. And how much well, it's, I, it's tedious, but it's necessary. That's so why we I did don't ADR mind this, wearing and a mic. And this is where I am Queens Boulevard. But it will mm-hmm. yes, but for ADR people, it, it does sometimes become a battle between sound technicians who are great at what they do and really care more about the sound though than yeah. the performance. And nobody me, else in the world cares though, except for them. I have never heard an ADR line sound better in terms of performance than the actual performance. It's yes. never never happened to me, but you know, I understand why it's necessary in a lot of scenarios. By the way, drama has a very funny line there. Where he's like, uh, um, I'll do mine first. Yeah. And yeah. Like, your, your sound is good, drama, probably because I didn't have very many exactly. lines in there. Yeah. They're not going to spend like, money. See, Vince, I project. You know, <laughs> I project better than you. It all plays into all the dramas, <laughs> yes. you know, insecurity and ego yes. all at the same time. But I Am market. Queens Boulevard became a bit of a tagline for the show. Yes, it did. And who's starring in I Am Queens Boulevard, which brings us all right it's back to I this room. It's not I Am Queens Boulevard. It's Who Queens is Boulevard. starring in Queens Boulevard with. Vinny Chase is Ethan Suplee. Ethan yes, Suplee. Now, Ethan Suplee. Top rated podcast. I was about to say, Parker, Ethan yeah. Suplee, just so everyone knows, he is an amazing actor and uh, remember the Titans. But Ethan right now. American History X. American History yes. X. A million things. And Entourage, obviously, in other roles aside from this one. But Ethan, he's got the number one podcast <laughs> at Action Park right now. Is he top, number one? He. I don't yeah, know. He pulls big numbers, bro. He, I, really? He's got a good podcast, American Glutton, but... Connolly kisses his fucking ass. He's like my you best friend for 25 years, and he does you better numbers than you. You cut us deep, bro. I, 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 you I, cut us deep. But Ethan, we're not. Ta- I wasn't talking about the friendship. I didn't know he was so much better friends with, with uh, Ethan. Yeah, he is. I thought, he, I he thought, is. Tight, but, I thought we were talking. Actually, I, I just thought maybe we were. Well, I guess fun, I, very old fine. friend of mine. That's fine. <laughs> but uh, my point was really. And he does bigger numbers. It was. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's the third time you said that. Now settle down. By the way, he's trying to keep us down with that number shit because we haven't signed a deal. I'll look at those numbers, but either. Anyway, Ethan's got a great podcast, and I was talking about kissing ass 
in the professional sense. I wasn't talking about his relationship. I was talking about Ethan comes in. The room is really nice. There's like a bottle of water. There's stuff. There's nothing for us. There's nothing well, at all. Nothing. Right. Except a case of beer. That's for <laughs> props. That's the, trying to build the business. Yeah. I don't, what do I have? I bring my own drinks. I don't really want to drink this. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. All right. Maybe it's I do. It's a real burden, these beers. I have to drink another beer? So, But also what goes on in the ADR session at this place, which which – you can say is very entourage, but it was also very real. There were usually attractive people working at that place, but yeah. somehow, and, and when I was watching the episode with my girlfriend last night, because the ADR room looked like a house, she was like, are they in the house? Why is this beautiful girl roaming around the house? I said, no, they're at the ADR session where these guys oh, yeah. go to pick up women. And uh, of course, it doesn't go well for, uh, for Turtle as usual in, yes. this, in this episode. All right, welcome back, Victory, the podcast. We're talking season two, episode five. Neighbors. Um, so we get to this. I, I love this scene. There's two things going on. One, he is losing his mind because Vince is overspending when he doesn't have this job. And two, drama is being the supportive friend and trying his best to get poor turtles a girl. Mm-hmm. So, well, so do you remember the scene, Kev, where uh, you're in the restaurant and you have a, a sure thing show up, which I don't even know where yes, she comes yes, from, by yes. the way. So. Uh, but, My sure thing. Uh, this is automatic. This is a layup turtle. You're going to get laid tonight. Right, right. So she shows up. I go over, start talking to her, and I believe E goes, wave to her. So turtle <laughs> gives the wave. Then it's like, nod, give her a nod. So it does the wave nod, and she flips out and like takes off. I'm like, dude. What you? What were you doing? You did the wave nod. It was just a classic. Line. <laughs> was well, I love how upset was drama was. It's like who, who I, does that? As if it's well, a known thing, that? you know. <laughs> the wave nod. Well, like you blew the short thing with a wave nod. With a wave nod. How that, dare you? But you could do when, that if you wave <laughs> and nod. I mean, it just doesn't look good. It just is all awkward, and you feel so bad for Jerry, and, and you know. And meanwhile. Uh, you know, E is going through this, and these guys are overcompensating to such a ridiculous level. Turtle talking about the TV, drama his caps. But the funniest thing to me, and I really laughed out loud, was they all try to pick up the check, which we know <laughs> they don't do. These guys don't pick up the check. I forgot about that. I forgot. And then yeah. he says, and Vince says, Turtle, you don't even have your wallet. He's like, yeah, I, got, I don't I believe got... you guys have ten dollars between you. And Turtle says, <laughs> I got your Visa card, Vince. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it really is what the show is. Vince takes uh, care great. of these guys. He actually tries to manage the mayhem and whatever happens. So that after this scene, Vince realizes that he's being embarrassed. Anthony Anderson is congratulating him. The whole town thinks he has this movie. So they go to Ari's, and I'm being very serious. I remember when we shot this scene, I'm like, Adrian's going to get a nomination because I thought he was that he good. He was great in this episode. thought he was absolutely fantastic, and he goes in, and he actually, which it's weird when I watched it yesterday. He leaves E at the office. I don't think I've ever done, yes. actually done that to a friend. He like, left. You get your own ride home. Yeah, and there's no Uber. Like, I, that was a little weird. I don't, I, don't, I don't know why I wrote that because, like, would That someone, was mean. It was, it was you're kind of, angry. Yeah. And but, like, where did he leave Sour. Him? These guys lived in the hills. Like, there's no way he's, I don't know how he got home. I, maybe already drove him, but. Uh, yeah, he called a cab. But they, he really goes off on the two of them. And he goes off on E, too, because he's like, he's going off on. Ari, and he goes, you too, E, get your act together, get off your ass and go do something. And we're seeing how their relationship is changed to what E wanted. Uh, he's now the official manager, and yeah. he's got to actually deliver and do stuff. That gets us in typical entourage fashion to the Heidi Fleiss party. The guys do not know their hookers. 
Johanna Block, who's who's great. Sex workers. Listen, you could be as politically correct as you want. There's going to be hookers forever. It's the world's yes, oldest profession. It's true. Listen, I've never ever, and I swear to God, paid for one. Oh God! Um, All right, getting back Dylan to the episode, please. Connolly's high. <laughs> need your disclaimer. Connolly's like, yeah, let's yeah. skip this section. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's just you on a soapbox talking about like what a great guy you are. I'm just saying, I wrote about it, but I don't have the real experience about it. That's all. Anyway, right, right, anyone right. who's Moving out on, there, on. you don't always have to write what you know is what my point was. So yes, it was a house of prostitution. Yes. The guys did not know. We didn't know, so we thought we were doing really good. And, but, who, uh, well, and these girls love us. And who's there? One of my favorites, Bob Saget, who says he has two house accounts there and at Nate and House, which, <laughs> which anyone in Hollywood knows. Lots of the agents had house accounts at Nate and, and House. Of course, Turtle. If you can't get laid here, turn your dick. In. <laughs> love that line. That was you wrote that line. And it's love funny. It. It's funny that these guys they come in though. Their confidence is just so boosted. Just like some men when they go to a strip joint, they actually get boosted by this because they the guys think all of a sudden they're on fire. All of a sudden, all the yeah, women yeah. are fighting over they them. They love me. And we learned more credits of Johnny Drama that he was uh, Stamos's tough guy yeah, nephew. Yeah. The tough guy nephew. <laughs> That's right. So Dylan's tough never seen nephew. Full House, but Johnny Drama has appeared on Full House. It's yes. confusing. I understand. <laughs> so, um, so he's anyway, had quite a resume. Great scene. These guys learn what's going on there. And in true entourage friendship fashion, Drama and Turtle don't want the other one to feel bad. So they, what do you do? Yes. Uh, but once they go, events, and look, I know these girls are pros, but don't tell Turtle. <laughs> His heart will be broken. <laughs> and then Turtle does the same he thing turns about around drama. going, hey, don't tell drama. His streak is longer than mine. Yeah. I think it was the line. And, like, and reiterating, the fact, reiterating the fact that these guys don't get a lot of women. So they're not predators. They just well, talk. Well, <laughs> speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Great scene with Ari um, going to school. And yes, his children change or Dana Gordon. People keep asking me, Dana Gordon has less children or no, no. Later in the show, I say Dana Gordon does not have any children. Uh, in this episode, they go to the school, yes. and Ari is pretending to be father of the year, which I, I, I laughed my ass off. He, his wife is so happy he's taking an interest in the kid's school, and then he basically takes his daughter and almost flings her over the car when he sees <laughs> Dana Gordon because he's trying to set up this meeting for Vince with James Cameron, which he does. But then E... I know Connolly didn't Connelly. see this episode. I know he didn't see the fucking episode. But anyway, he fucks up this thing that Ari did because he goes and sees Emily at James Cameron's office and basically sets up his own thing, which is James Cameron is now going to watch Queens Boulevard instead of sitting in a room with Vince. So do you remember anything about any of this? Anyone? Of course. Yeah, no. Um, we had – no, we go and uh, – and, uh... I well forgot. said, uh, BG. <laughs> By the way, Connolly can recite every line of Ethan Suplee's podcast. Doug, but you didn't, no Doug, idea what's going from, on with Dude, this. newsflash. You didn't watch the episode either. Yes, I did. No, you didn't. I watched it five days ago you when I didn't realize. You were like confused. Like, hey, I didn't know we were doing that. I didn't know we were doing that episode. I just thought we were talking about Bob. I kind of forgot. I watched it about five days ago. So anyway, the end of the episode, E has made magic happen. James Cameron has agreed to have a print of Queens Boulevard sent to his house. He goes to Billy Walsh, who's in some low red <laughs> yes, bar, yes. and tells him what great news he has that Jimmy Cameron is going to watch his movie. And Billy Walsh was all excited at first. He's like, great, Cameron's going to watch my movie. All excited, and then uh, he says, I can't believe James Cameron is coming to Sundance. And, and he, always the bearer of bad news, has to tell him he's not coming to Sundance. And I, I don't need to recite this. Can we show this clip? But, but Billy Walsh says... 
Fuck that. James Cameron can stand can in line. Stand in the snow like everyone else. <laughs> stand in line. And in is that the, the episode? Like, boom, cut to black. That, that is it. We get a musical cue that uh, that Venner probably didn't approve of at that time. And uh, that was it. And that is funny. That, it was a strange musical cue, though. I don't, you know what? I don't remember uh, it. I, I, I don't know. It was my favorite. Well, Venner did, definitely didn't pick it, so uh, yeah. he would not be happy with it, I'm sure. But yeah. uh, we'll have to look up. Does anyone know? Is there anyone? We'll figure up? it out. So uh, anyway, anything else? Let's bring Bob Saget on. Let's do it. All right. Let's get Bob Saget in here. Here we are. Victory the Podcast. We are back. Exciting guest. Good friend. Uh, entourage cast member, but has done obviously so much more and bigger than this. Bob Saget is one of my favorite people in the business. What's happening, Bob? What's up, Bob? I just love you guys. Uh, <laughs> I, you know, what am I going to say? We love I, you victory! Too, victory! Everybody, I wake up yelling victory if I get an erection. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, if you ever do want to come do your podcast at Action Park Media, today something great happened because there are absolutely no fringe benefits here whatsoever. It's very low budget. Podcast. Doug complains <laughs> a lot, as you so can see. I got sure a you car. remember that, Bob. Car is parked at the meter, and I went to take my credit card out, and Conley said, I got this one. So he paid for my car uh, meter. So I don't know about that. Too bad dad. you didn't get an executive spot out back like I <laughs> well, did. Well, that's for the, the headliners, Kev. Headliners <laughs> well, only so park my, in the my back. My father would do that. I would take him out to dinner, and, and the bill would be, the whole family would be there. It would be like $1,000, some $2,000, and he would say, let me get parking. <laughs> <laughs> I got your parking. It's like, well, thanks, Dad. Thanks so much. You're a good man. That is very funny. So, well, I'm uh, happy to see you guys. I wear the obligatory Entourage black shirt here. I love nice. it. I love it. So we want we want to talk some Entourage. We want to talk about all of your career. We'll talk about life and your career. I miss you guys. Yeah, Last we, time yeah. I saw uh, Kevin Dillon, was that at the premiere? Wow. Wow. Well, we talked was for it? a while. I, I wanted to do your movie. But I got stuck. Yeah, uh, I wanted you. How bad. did that turn out? I wanted to do it so bad. It turned out good. Wait, it, which, it, which movie are we talking about? It's called Benjamin. It came out two yeah. years ago, mm-hmm. and it's on it's on Hulu, Apple, all those places. And uh, it had Rob Corddry and Kevin Pollack and Dave Foley and Sherry O'Terry and uh, great script. So, but Kevin Dillon was, was, was unavailable, or what happened? I was. He was yeah. not a, not available, and I he was, was really sweet. But what Josh I missed Dumel. was Kevin. The night I saw you, I was going to get your uh, tequila. You had your own brand, didn't you? No, no. Was it uh, was it whiskey? What was it? Well, I was doing a little Johnny Walker Blue thing with Doug for a while, but but I don't. I yeah. see. Kevin was yeah. just was, drinking, not sponsored. I wish I had my own tequila brand, bro. <laughs> but there was something you were going to give me. I remember with Randy Siegel, it was this giant oh, bottle. Oh, you of know something. what it was? It was a Johnny Walker Blue Entourage label. That's it, it what had, I wanted. It had my face on it. said uh, Entourage. But you yeah. know what we're going to do, Bob? Instead of that, we're going to get you proper 12 whiskey because uh, we've become friends with them. So Doug yes. thinks he's hot shit because Conor McGregor DM'd him. All right, so DM me. Bob, we, well, we talked about Conor McGregor and proper 12 <laughs> on the podcast, and then Doug starts sending me screenshots in the middle of the night, and I'm, I just don't understand it, and he's getting mad at me. He doesn't talk to me for two days. So I finally get him on the phone. He's mad that I hadn't responded, but I didn't understand what he was sending me. And Conor McGregor DM'd Doug after all that. Yeah, so yeah. Doug's like, and what walking happened around is, with his Bob, head. these guys were making fun of me that I love Conor McGregor because I'm not Irish. And that's they said, not... they said, I, that said that we, Bob, me and you, we have Sandy Koufax. We Bob... don't have Conor McGregor. That's, so. that's absurd. That's Bob, absurd. Because not... I, I, I feel Irish in a lot of ways. I mean, what kind of ways? I was ways? in Dublin, I felt at home. You know, you are an honorary Irishman, Bob. There's no leprechauns in Israel. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> you got Corey Pavin too, bro. You got Corey Pavin. <laughs> Listen, this, I, but this is what's wrong with the world right now. It really Everybody's is. saying that's okay. You, your group has your hero. <laughs> exactly. And it's not supposed to be the whole human race has a bunch of heroes. Right. And so I'm on a, I'm on, you know me, I'm always waving a flag for just justice. I'm just trying to be, I might say fucked up stuff, but I still care about just people. So I'm, yes. you know, coming and talking to you guys just feels good. Hey, Bob, I, I have a question. How has the climate affected your stand up? And I, I know a lot of these guys is like, well, now shy away from college crowds or has it changed your thoughts and feelings on stand up comedy? Well, I love college crowds. I haven't been able to obviously do stand-up since uh, March was my last date. And then I had to cancel the whole year. And I might have a couple dates, but I don't know if I'm going to do them. It depends on what's safe. But I still want to say shit that's uh, that's ir- irreverent or fucked up, but not in a. it's never done maliciously. Mm-hmm. It's mostly about my dick, you know, <laughs> and, and his problems, you know, um, you know, or a hemorrhoid or, or, you know, I'm more considerate of what I'm saying and more thoughtful. So as far as college audiences go, I try to be a chameleon and go where they're at. Kind of it doesn't always serve me. I did a Berkeley show like two years ago and some reviewer just was an idiot and wrote down all my jokes. You don't do that. That's not a review. You don't write the jokes. Right. And then said, this was very funny. This is funny. Then it was a, the whole thing was a bash. It was like, just it, it was like, what? Why are you criticizing me if you say this is fun? It was just weird. Well, you so, know what I think? So, I think the world right now, it is. I'm not apologizing for anything. I think it's absurd. I think good people are good people. And art. I agree. Art is art. And it, and it brings me to like where I come to Bob Saget in my life, which is, I don't know the year, but you did the Rodney special back in the day. And, Long time ago. And the Bob, what special? Rodney Dangerfield, ah, HBO. It was uh, it was Rodney's first Young Comedian special. It was the ninth annual, but it was the first first one that he ever did. And Sam Kennison was on it. Wow. And uh, I introduced Sam to, to Rodney, uh, which is interesting. And I was 26, 24, 25. Wow. And um, I stayed friends with Rodney and Sam. And, and Rita Rudner was on it. And right. <laughs> Louis Anderson and Richie Gold and Bob Nelson. Some so, great I, ones. And and that's where I first saw you. And it's funny because we now I, – I, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff about your career, but I want to talk a little entourage. And I see Bob – and you became one of my favorite comics back then. And you're, you know, you're a Jewish guy like me. And, like, you're doing really, you know, dirty but kind of innocent humor the way I look at it. And and when Entourage comes about, and I think you were friends with Rob Weiss and Mike Young. Yeah. And we all talked about getting you on. But I was like, let's, you know, let's get Bob kind of playing into what his character is. And I guess the question is, most people... New Year from Full House. So you come on Entourage and you play this druggy, whoremongering guy, you know, which, again, I think it's light and innocent. But what what was the reaction to it when, when that happened? Well, it was an interesting time because at the same time I had been uh, I had a special on HBO called That Ain't Right. And that's the one where I, I said fuck more times than people say it while they're doing it. And um, and also I, I was in a play in New York and I also was in the aristocrats it was all the same year right um and it, but entourage was over a series of years that i would come and visit you guys like the family dog or yep. something <laughs> hey, but, bob how many episodes uh, did, did you do of entourage i, I guess trying... i did four or yeah. four and the plus movie one too. more and movie. i did the movie yeah and then i was i did an interview for the extra special you guys did 
yeah. that yeah. A bonus thing. Yeah. But what was interesting is, you know, I'll walk down the street to this day and guys will come over and do quotes from it. You yeah. know, when, when I took Johnny Drama's girl, that was like, you know, I'm <laughs> sitting there with a that. bong. Yeah. <laughs> so what how, hurt, how upset were you, Kevin, when I did that? Well, I wasn't <laughs> upset, but Johnny Drama was really upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> what quotes did, do they say to you, Bob? What do they say? Uh, they, they usually say the bad one, which is when I walked in the house. <laughs> And this is one that's up in the inappropriate uh, yeah, category, yeah. but that's because people don't understand when you say something filthy and you're a good person, you're making a comment on saying something filthy. You're actually do, you're the opposite of that. Right. So like the line that I walked in when I talked to Adrian um, Vince and walked in and brought up a, a gift basket that you had written that I had all the full house DVDs and hand them to everybody <laughs> with, with some other items. And, um, and and Vince had no idea who I was, uh, <laughs> which was I love that. As soon as that I read that, funny. and then I just said, "Hey, uh, I'm your neighbor. If you ever need anything, but don't you fuck my daughters." Yes, uh, and that's using it as a verb, uh, and that's what people say to me still, right to this day. And I go, "Hey, wait a second, dude. I'm just that's just screwing around. That's yeah. that was and making fun of my character." And you know? that's what yes. I find absurd and and i hope you don't ever change your comedy to you know you reflect the times of course but you were playing yourself and you're not yourself obviously it's it's one of the things that larry sanders really pioneered which you were in the the pilot of larry sanders show which was such I a did, big- and i did a few of those as well because uh, gary and i were very close and that show that show was such a big influence to me because it was the first time I really saw going behind the curtain, and I remember it like it was yesterday when I first saw that. You're being interviewed by Larry. Then he goes off stage. It seems like your best friend's on stage, and then he goes off, and he goes, this guy won't shut the fuck up or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, so, that was our relationship also. <laughs> but, you know, it's playing into the – But that's st- what was so brilliant about that show. Yeah. You know, and you did that. You were doing that with your show. We were trying, and, and I do – for anyone who hasn't seen Larry Sanders, it is – probably top three sitcoms ever made and and Gary Shandling who was a good friend of yours um, and I only got to meet once I wish I had gotten more time with him but was one of the great influences on my life as well but uh, you come into Entourage and you're playing a version of yourself that has nothing to do with reality so um, but one of the things you said to me, do you remember I gave you the first script? Do you remember what you said? <laughs> what did you- the, the thing was, you had me a little bit more defeated it, at first. It was like my wife had the house. She had this. She had that. And it became the same words, but the whole attitude was different. I said, he just, I'm not suffering in my life. If I'm going to play, I mean, I'm, I'm sad about divorce. I'm, I'm a good dad, but I, I don't think I should be so downtrodden over over my life, it was like I'm a loser. And I lost. She got you know, this. And you said, "Well, how about if I make her the make you the ballsiest guy in the world? I'll make your balls so fucking big. <laughs> you're gonna have the biggest fucking balls. You come in and just tell them you got everything. Everything's great. You don't even care that she got the house. And and that's what you wrote. And you it had was five hilarious. More. You had five more houses. <laughs> well, the truth right. is, the truth is, right. The truth is, again, it, it's not really you, but you had, I think, are you, am I wrong? You're like one of the only people in history to have two top 10 network shows on at the same time. I think there's been a lot since then. There's, okay, there's, well, the first one. You were the first one with like, if you looked at the Nielsen ratings, whatever year that was, Bob Saget was the star of two shows that were in the top 10. Which, well, it was even one and two, wasn't it, Bob? 
video show and and yeah it was like number one and then full house would be like number four number uh, seven or something right, like that and, and by four. the way if you're number one in that day of television with no cable and no youtube and no no wi-fi yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah to my balls yeah it's quite a lot of people yeah so so the point being bob saget so everyone knows has a lot of fucking money okay so <laughs> I, so I we, don't know. <laughs> look at my background look at it, it could be anywhere <laughs> you kept it simple I, I love the line in there too you're like hey vince who do you think's more recognizable you or me <laughs> and when i saw that i was like you know what bob would be more probably more recognizable than yeah. vince at for that stage sure, for oh, sure 100 but it also plays great that that the difference between the world then and now TV was a little bit looked down upon by movie stars. So Vince really had no idea who Bob was. Now, obviously <laughs> every movie star in the world wants to do TV and Bob yeah. is Bob has done both TV film plays, directing and everything else. So do you guys uh, know that Mark Harmon on the, the original NCIS, um, he, they did some kind of a, like a Q rating oh. and he is the single most recognizable person on the planet. What? Because of Mark Harmon. NCIS. Yeah. Where does Bob God, rank you, on that list? But the same thing that what he's talking about, like in those days, like that network show, yes. it's like a whole bunch of people. And it, there's a test. I think it's called a Q test or something where it's just yeah, it's a picture. Yeah, it's Q. What's your Q? Q right. rating. Like yeah. he had the highest Q rating. He's got the currently the highest Q rating in the world, Mark Harmon. All right. Well, I'd like but to. But Cosby had it for a while. I don't think <laughs> he, 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 he didn't use it now. well. Uh, no, Jordan was up there. <laughs> Well, I think that's different. I think that's different. It's like, but this is literally where they show you a picture. It's not what show is he on? What's his name? It's, oh, I know that guy. Right. Tony Danza had a super high TVQ. Bob Saget, massive. Mark Harmon, currently leading. But then, Kevin, you got to look at the the source and you go, wait a minute, what is this? And it's called TV Now Today. And then you look it up on Twitter and they got 12 followers. You know, it's like, you got to be careful. Like net worth. If you look up net worth. That's I've looked up. Crack. I've looked yeah. up mine. They fucking lie. I wish it was. Oh, it's, true. it's all lies. Well, it's crazy that people think it's Jeff true. Bezos yeah. and Elon Musk. Yeah, I saw so. a net worth that I would have liked to to get into. Kevin but. Connolly, what's your Q rating? You got you got us up there? No, I I don't even want to look at my. I want to know what my. It's Q really good. Is. The world's not fucked up enough. We have to listen to our Q rating. I've by lost the way, jobs. I've lost jobs for oh, the uh, your Q rating's just not high enough. Yeah. But so. by the way, real sympathy going out there for Doug people with low Ellen. Q ratings. I have a Q rating. Celebrity net worth oh, six point oh, no. eight million per month. You're balling. <laughs> you're fucking complaining about parking tickets. Yeah, that's my oil. That's my oil wells that I try to get you all to invest in. That never happened. So, um, so Bob, you really did. I watched the episode, the first one that you came on last night, and I actually, I mean, it's exactly what you said. I said to you, you come in and just take over that house, and it's hilarious, and it is, it's off color and blah blah blah. But the truth is, anyone who's really watching it. You know that's a bit. I mean, uh, so right. I, as you can see, Bob is uh, is one of the nicest people I know in this town who spends more time doing charity work than almost anybody I know and has a great – the scleroderma. I can never pronounce it properly, Bob. You did pretty good. Scleroderma, yeah. that that Kevin and Connolly and I always go every year to the to – the, the banquet yeah. that won't be happening this year, sadly. But. but we have a virtual one, October 18th, and Joel Gallon's uh, producing it. And uh, I've got tons of great comedians that are going to do – Bits. I'm, I'm doing it live out of a studio with COVID testing and all that. But um, that's awesome. It'll be you know, and people can can go on to uh, srfcure.org and find out. Very cool. So I know it's always good to name a website in the middle of an interview. 
No, I, whatever we can put Don't worry. Con- no, but truthfully. You know, Connolly might cut it out No, anyway. truthfully, Sorry. Bob, you know, you really, it's been impressive to watch because you really, you really walk the walk and that's not some uh, show charity. You can see that you put your heart and soul into it and you guys put on some really great events and, 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 and good on you for, for giving back. Yeah. Thanks, so, man. Thank you, know. you. One of my favorites was when Johnny Drama came to my house with a baseball bat because <laughs> I, cause I, I got his part. Uh, I, I screwed him over. I think Stamos Stamos slipped me the script. Um, that that was a really and the other one was I, I want to want to have sex with her in Murray's office. That, people say that, that to me all the time. Kevin, we had an especially great scene in that episode. Uh, Kev, yeah, Kevin, uh, yeah, Connolly. Yes, we did. Which you was had, that? You had quite the. I mean, I'm looking at, and it's just a lot. Bob, you had a lot of stuff that day. A yeah, lot it was of stuff fun as shit. I had so much fun, and I was in a bad relationship at home. And here we were, <laughs> and I was acting with the St. Pauli girl. Um, <laughs> and do you remember what happened, Kevin Connolly? We well, probably I'm trying to talk sign you, it. right? We're trying to sign you, Con, and you're like Scotty telling me Con. all the things that you need in order to sign with me. And exactly. One of them was having sex on Maury's desk. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one, I mean, he wanted to know uh, was it, were you asking Khan or you're asking Kevin? I don't remember. Like, how far would you go yeah, What for would me? you do for him? Well, by the way, that's a fair question to a manager. Yeah. How far, how bad do you want to represent me? How far are you willing to go to land the golden goose that is Bob Saget? <laughs> <laughs> have you ever asked a question like that of your manager, Bob, when you were hot, hot, which you pretty much have been hot for like. 40 years. You really haven't had I go I go in and out of hot. It seemed to be on an ascension now with things that aren't out yet, but uh, <laughs> we'll see. I don't, it's not up to me. Um, I just do the best I can. I don't have to. I have real good people that I love. Right. Um, For a long really time. Great. One of them handles Scotty Khan, oh, one, nice. one of my agent that I love. So I always find out how he's doing, and I go, God, I'd love to work with him again because he promised me the moon on that Entourage episode. Yeah. I mean. Uh, did he say he would kill somebody? What did he say? Did, he did said, he? I mean, he said he would, He would. I think, something to the effect that if you murdered someone, he would come and help you dispose of the body. <laughs> something like that. That's right. <laughs> you wrote me funny shit, man. Yeah. And you had a lot. You had so many writers in the room. Everybody went through that room. And I remember when I first came in to meet with you, the very first time when we had that conversation, is this the way you want the character to go? And Chris Henchy's on the floor laying there, and Mike Young's working the keyboard. Well, I don't know. Uh, That's I don't know if he was working the keyboard. Mike was Young was ordering, ordering lunch. fucking lunch. Mike Young was ordering uh, Penny Vino. I, I thought he was a script uh, where he would type the shit down. Yeah, you know what? He was supposed to be doing something, but I, I don't know which. We he can, was getting paid for something. We're just still trying to figure out what it was, Bob. Just so everyone could know who Mike Young opens for Bob on tour. Mike is one of Kevin Connolly and one of my closest friends out here. And, and he's a great stand-up, and, and he's, he's a, one of the best solid brothers you could have. Uh, we're all over, but I want to get to some uh, good Playboy Mansion stories from Bob that are, that are you know, PG, because I don't think uh, we I used to see Bob at the mansion back in the day. Yeah, I remember seeing you. No, you I knew you back in the day where you were on the Bob Goldthwait show. Oh, yeah, uh, that went well. Uh, with, <laughs> that went well. With Nikki, that didn't blow up at all. No, no, no. That was totally, uh, the last season of that show was totally normal. Just just for background so people understand, Kevin did a, a show that basically made the, the, the WB. WB. I mean, it really did 100 We launched episodes. it. We launched it. And Kevin's girlfriend at the time was a, a beautiful girl, and he starred in the show with her. Unfortunately, she left him for the other stars. Well, well, we, we, <laughs> we, we were together for seasons one through four and then season five 
She started dating the talking rabbit, Bobcat Goldwave. This is probably good <laughs> stuff because there's no way that Bob Saget is not friends with Bobcat. Yeah, so, by I the mean, way, I, Bobcat I love Bobcat. Cool. I actually have known him since we started. I mean, San Francisco days with Robin and all that shit. So I'm sorry you went through that. Kevin. No, no, no. It, it, you know what? I will say this about Bob Goldwave. He years later came up to me and actually gave me a really super genuine apology. And I was like. Wow, man, it doesn't get any better than that. I, I never forget it. Bob, you ever take a co-star's girlfriend? No, because Stamos was my co-star. <laughs> <laughs> Handsome guy. I guess. You know, it's real funny. He, he FaceTimed me out of the blue a couple weeks ago, and I'm looking like shit. I got a robe on. I got my hair sticking straight up. I look like Quentin Tarantino in Pulp Fiction, you know? <laughs> and all of a sudden, he comes out and goes, hey, Bobby, what are you doing? And it's like, 10 to 11 and i'm looking at him and he looks like he just came off a modeling shoot yeah, it's like, what do you have makeup on john i know pretty much he had perfect lighting i said and he said he's dressed i'm like what the fuck are you dressed for you got, what did you just come from a shoot no i'm just hanging out at home i went fuck you yeah. i was so mad yeah it's i mean bullshit. he's got tremendous tremendous head of hair and now uh, i'm watching him now you can't turn on the TV without seeing his uh, Geico. Com- I think it's Geico, right? It's, it's great. A Geico yeah. commercial. I love that and, uh, little spin move and when he's yeah, because he's a <laughs> that's drummer. A good, that's like he's good in it. Yeah. He's yeah. good in everything yeah. except for ping pong, by the way. Except for <laughs> ping pong, <laughs> CGI. <laughs> yeah, Bob, you got any good Playboy Mansion stories that are that are I, that are PC? <laughs> I have one that uh, Ben Stiller told on the Letterman show. What happened was this: there was a guy that was a friend of mine, and. I was on the permanent list. Dan Thompson. Uh, yeah, but why name names? <laughs> <laughs> and he was, you know, I'm on the permanent list. And he goes there and he knows that I'm not there that night. I think he saw my nephew or something who was, I got on the list, uh, Adam Saget. And and he came up and told the, the guard that he was Robert Saget. And the, <laughs> the guy looks at the thing. He says, that's me right there, Robert Saget. And it was uh, Robert, parentheses, Bob Saget. And he got in. And yeah, so the guy's looking I'm, at the list. He don't know. And I'm watching Letterman one night, who I missed terribly. And and uh, Ben Stiller's on. And David says, well, you do anything in L.A. that's like L.A.-like when you go there? And he goes, yeah, well, actually, I went to the Playboy Mansion. He goes, how was that? And he goes, well, you know, people will do anything to get in there. And he went, well, what do you mean? And then he actually told the story. He says, I know a guy. Um, and apparently a guy said he was Robert Saget uh, to pretend he's, he pretended he was Bob Saget to get into the Playboy Mansion. And uh, so I'm watching TV and I'm like, holy shit. That's a clever. It's pretty genius. Think it about it. First genius. of all, it's ballsy, but two things. If you're not in, you're not in anyway, right? Yeah. So the worst thing that can happen is you're a little humiliated because you're in your pajamas at the gate. But the guy's got a, a, a list with names on it, and he wasn't thinking Bob Saget. He was thinking Robert Saget. I think, it, I think it's genius, it and there's not a lot That's of names awesome. it would work with. Like and Kevin Connolly, what are you going to say? And it's, it's like, ballsy to go and actually try to do that. And he got, by the way, easily. I was there, by the way, Bob. I hate to break it to you. <laughs> I, he sailed in with a big shit-eating grin on his face. It was crazy. It was crazy. Now, I was then they single. started checking for IDs and all that, but. During one of the Midsummer Night Dreams parties where he's supposed to wear pajamas, <laughs> I uh, I got it confused with the Halloween party. And um, <laughs> and I just wouldn't wear pajamas. So I wore uh, like a hoodie and, and sweats. And then people would say, who are you supposed to be? And I went, I'm the Unabomber. And, uh, <laughs> and but that was the my mojo was gone. There was no one that wanted to be near me. 
<laughs> because it was not that's the kind of dark comedy where that you don't do. That's what we're talking about. That kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, Unabomber you know, jokes. I don't know. Yeah, they're not good. They're not good. But that's why not only was I not funny, but I was dressed that way. And, you know, I was single, so I was depressed. I think I'd broken up with somebody. And that was my, my snarky comment. So, you know, I think it was four years till I got late again. <laughs> you should have spent more time in the grotto, I think. You might have helped. <laughs> Dylan, did you spend any time at the mansion? I feel like you and I missed each other. I remember your Gilligan costume for the Halloween party at the mansion. Oh, yeah. Kind of like I got beat up in his Gilligan costume at the mansion. Correct, You Kevin? were a pirate. That was at the yes. mansion? That was the magic. Bob, I want to hear some stuff about how you started. Like, what? how did your career start? Obviously, a stand-up comic, but did you go to college, or did you start doing this after high school, or what? Because you were young. I was uh, 17. I was finishing uh, my high school year in uh, in Philadelphia, and then I went to Temple University to be pre-med. I was going to be a doctor. Yeah. And then at the same time, I was doing stand-up, and I won some radio contest for WMMR in Philly, singing a song about bondage that I'd made up because <laughs> I was a big Martin Mull fan. I'm making a documentary about him now. I love but, Martin. Oh, my God. He's so brilliant. Yeah. And the best of comedy songs, which is something I had an affinity for. And so I won some contest, and then I started working for Steven Starr, who was a big uh, restaurateur. At Budokan and all these wonderful Maramoto in New York when they open again. Oh, man. And so he started my career in Philly. And then I would go do stand-up in New York at Catch a Rising Star. That's when I met everybody. That's when, you know, I was unknown. I was 17 years old right. taking a train. And then I quit pre-med after six months. went to film school. And then at the same time, I did... Uh, comedy at the University of Pennsylvania in an improv troupe. They they let me do it even though I went to Temple and I had friends there. And then uh, I won the Student Academy Award for a movie I made about my nephew having his face reconstructed. So that was this is a comedy, a comedy. or, or do you really oh yeah it was a laugh riot. No, it was <laughs> he really a, had was, his face reconstructed. Yeah, it was a documentary. It was what eleven minutes him? long. Wow. He was Adam was born with Treacher Collins syndrome, which is uh, I used to say you know you have a desire for fish and chips, but people don't know Arthur Treacher because that's a forty <laughs> yeah. year old reference. Yes. Yeah, but um, I loved Arthur Treacher. I did too. <laughs> yeah, it was very it was good. Those old guys, no. yeah. That's when they tried to bring fish and chips to America. <laughs> that was the end of that with that reference. And so he had a he had a rough time. And uh, when he was six, they they literally took his face off and rebuilt it. And he's amazing. He's a successful realtor, and he he does all the event planning for all my uh, scleroderm benefits. Wow. He's, he's a it was his mom that died from that, and so. My family's had a hard life, and uh, he got through it. As he got older, he lived a perfectly normal life, and it was wonderful. They fixed some things that were visually difficult for him. Um, and then I came to the comedy store when I won the student Oscar when I was at the Academy, and Mitzi Shore said, you should work here. You know, don't go to grad school at USC. I was going to go to USC film graduate school. I got in, and uh, I said I went for three days, and then I decided – to play at the comedy store because my first night there performing, Letterman brought me up, and then it was the lineup was Michael Keaton, Billy Crystal, Jeff Altman, Argus Hamilton, Robin, and wow. then Richard Richard came in, and I was like, I ain't going to grad school. Wow. I, I, this but is 
This and then is- I worked there for free for four years, and then they started to pay, and then I worked there, well, maybe not four years, two years. But when and you then, say you worked there, you're, they're giving you slots or what? You're- I got spots, yeah. How did I got she spots. F- I didn't work the door or anything. I mean, was right. it free? You got something, right? They paid you something. No, there was no money. That's why there was a strike. Really? And bad. then uh, the improv started paying, and then Mitzi started paying. It was really upsetting. That's when Steve yeah. Lebeckin died, killed himself, and all kinds of tragic Hollywood stuff, you know, yeah. and... And it was fair that they got paid. And since the comedy store stayed loyal to paying comedians, and and I can't wait till it can open. I can't wait till all these places can open. I mean, it's it's a sad time right now, obviously. Kevin, when you got a script, would you go like this with it? Like, would you weigh it? Like, how they shitty it is? Bigger and bigger, actually. The scripts as the <laughs> years, but they, they were like seventy pages. It's a half hour comedy. No, but I think I think also he, too. Dylan admittedly only read his scenes. No, that's not true. Well, I think that's what you meant, Bob. <laughs> you were talking. You were talking about if he was looking for like what was in it for him, Bob. Or you were talking about you weren't talking the length of the script. You meant was Kevin Dylan seeing what his character was up to? And yes, he was. Sometimes the yeah the Sometimes joke is I'm not I'm not heavy in it. The yeah, Ari storyline. And got overlooked occasionally. <laughs> Every single actor, whether or not they want to admit this or not, the first time when you're on a TV show, the first time that you that script lands in your hand, you scan it. You do a once over and yes. you see what that week looks like because there's a lot yeah. of implications. Is it a big, busy week? There's a lot yes. that goes into. I don't it. think. I don't think and any then part you go of back that is weird. The weird part is when you call the fucking creator at four o'clock in the morning to complain. That's the weird part. And Who I want that. Well, every, I've done it a couple times, <laughs> but I wonder, Bob, I want to hear how you go from, because Bob, you guys are familiar with his real standup, right? Like Bob is this fucking yeah. funny and it's not offensive to me in the slightest, but it was when I was young, it was, it was racy, dirty stuff. And yeah. then you become <laughs> Mr. And again, I've actually never seen full house. I swear to God, I've never well, watched it. Well, you're not ever. a, you're not a 12 year old girl. So, you know? that, so but that being said, that being said, I know what it is. And I know Danny Tanner is this beloved figure and all of you guys were Coulier and, and Stamos and whatever. But why do they go to you for this? And do you then become known? as something that you're really not as opposed to the entourage character which I know you're not that either but you're probably closer to that <laughs> than you are to Danny Tanner or you tell me well it's funny I'll answer an entourage reference real quick I was in my backyard and I was dating somebody and she said you're just you're just like your entourage character right now <laughs> That's you're acting just like your entourage character I said no I'm not and you know what I was doing? I was in a black robe. I was I was unshaven for four days. I was smoking a cigar, wearing sunglasses, and I was just walking around like an asshole. Oh, that's so funny. And I went, "Oh fuck, I am. Oh no." But I'm also a guy who's a dad, so like yourself, and I am. I love my kids more than anything. Yeah. So I drew upon that to play Danny Tanner, and yeah, it was really weird. At first, but I was so thankful to get a job because here's the backstory on that. While doing stand-up for those eight years at the Comedy Store and ended up hosting at the Comedy Store and bringing up people like Eddie Murphy and Richard and Sam and Robin, and, and that's an experience you can't – I mean, I was there, and I understood – I got to watch and host what they were doing and try to figure out how geniuses right. function. And then I would do warm-ups. I did the warm-up. Uh, my friend Chris Thompson uh, was the exec producer of Bosom Buddies. Mm-hmm. And, Tom Hanks uh, show. 
Yep, Tom Hanks and Peter Scolari, and I did the warm-up, the audience warm-up for that show. I met Chris Thompson in the bathroom at the comedy store. Gary Shandling said, there's a funny guy in the bathroom. You'd like him. He's a <laughs> he's kind of a sick fuck. And so I went in and started hanging out, and Chris went on to uh, make shows like Action, and he did a lot of, lot of television and Naked Truth, things like that. And he, unfortunately, is gone. So... It was weird. I did the warm up and then I would go and tour all over. I was a music act, so I was headlining places. And then I got this job on a William Morris tape called The Morning Program on CBS. First, I got a Richard Pryor movie. That was the best thing that Hang happened. On, you're a music act. What do you, because you, you did comedy songs? I did. I, I hid behind a guitar. Uh-huh. And it, it took me five years to take the guitar down. Wow. So and you play not a good let guitar. Myself. You can play. I was a, I was a guitar act. Yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, I still do. And in in all my specials is like 20 minutes of music, but it's original music. You know, once nice. in a while, it's a parody. Like Bob, don't feel, don't feel bad that neither of these guys have seen your specials. They haven't seen Entourage either. They don't even watch them for the <laughs> recap episodes that we do here. So I have well, seen por- the special. Yeah. I have seen the por- special. But Pornhub takes up a lot of time. That's all. <laughs> I really love doing music. I still do. But the thing that was weird was this morning program I was on CBS and I got hired. It was on against the Today Show and Good Morning America. It was one year before Full House. And that thing, I got hired. And then they fired me in, after five months because I was saying stuff I shouldn't have said. Right. And I didn't know it. It's more, But now well, they would to, like it. You used to be able to get away with that. I mean, comedians used to be able to do anything, right? That was the... Yeah, but in the morning time, I, the host, yeah. Marriott Hartley, said, are you a type A personality? And I said, yeah, but I'm working on my anus. <laughs> and yeah, not like, morning show that's stuff great no, no. and then jeff franklin who created full house with tom miller and bob boyette producing uh who did bosom buddies who knew me from that who also knew me from the richard Pryor movie critical condition they wanted me to be danny tanner but unlike mike young I really wasn't available. Um, <laughs> and because I was doing this other show, and my manager was Brad Gray. He said, look, I went back to Jeff Franklin, and they will reshoot the pilot of Full House with you in it. Wow. And some poor, wonderful guy, they replaced him. And they had done that at wow. that time. They were doing it a lot. Like right. Robin was not the original Mork, and... uh Mark Lynn Baker was not the original on Perfect Strangers. You know, that was uh, Louis Anderson, I believe. And Mork was John Biner. So, I mean, people don't know any of this, but that was common. They would shoot a pilot with somebody with Carl Reiner was the original Dick Van Dyke uh, character on the Dick Van Dyke show. That was all in his commemoration was was mentioned. They said, could you do the show, but without you? <laughs> and um, So I ended up getting this part. And um, we almost replaced I, Dylan, by the way, but there was no budget in it. So we, we, we kept him. But go ahead. You couldn't replace any <laughs> never, of these guys. Never, you could never, never replace Connolly or Dylan. No. Nope. You couldn't replace Adrian, who right now, at this moment, is either hugging a tree or a whale right now. <laughs> Adrian, who we all like, we get all this shit on Instagram. Like, do you have a problem with Adrian? We love Adrian to death. And Adrian is in California. But because he wants to hug a whale, we can't get him on the podcast. So, Bob, we may need you to reach out to him as well. I would reach out to him. Why doesn't he want to be on the podcast? He said he's not in the headspace for it. He's not in this headspace. I don't know what it means. But by the way, I understand that because I've been reaching out to some people to do my podcast. And it's very hard because they're really – they're either – 
kind of being activists right now. Yeah. Or they're just hurting so bad or they're watching the news or they can't believe the insanity that's going on. Yeah. So people can't go. I mean, they'd come on and talk about that. And I have that with people. I have guests that come on. We don't have that. And it's not even that we're judging Adrian because, yeah, we we want him. But we're still going to harass him until we get him. So maybe if we all hug a whale with him, then we can get him on the show. I mean, we watch the blowhole. Don't (laughs) don't go near the blowhole because that can ruin the sheath of your penis. We will get Adrian because, Bob, (laughs) everyone besides, you know, Adrian said yes to being on the podcast. This is really for Kevin Dillon because Kevin Dillon won this call so badly i mean you're sitting around you're a very successful guy but all of a sudden they're like oh you know what we're gonna do full house again and give you a ton of money to do this all over again you're gonna hang out with basically your best friends again so right. i mean dylan's hoping he that call comes in they're like yeah we want to do 40 episodes of entourage right now so what was that did you think it was weird did you think this was a good idea I actually thought, Stamos told me for 20 years, after about 10 years, he said, I'm going to make this show come back. And he went to Bob Boyette, and they talked about it, and Jeff Franklin, and Jeff Franklin, and and they sold it to Warner Brothers after, but it took, you know, 18 years. Right, right. Uh, So 18 years from now, Kev, we're... Yeah, he went to the bathroom. By the way, I turned around. You never know, Bob. I don't know when he's coming. Did you know that he was going to the bathroom, Doug? Did he slip out without you knowing? I had no idea. I just turned to see him. No, I was going to tell you because I was going, well, why don't you wait till Kevin comes back from the toilet? (laughs) Yeah, no, he gave me, Dylan gave me the, uh, we we made eye contact. We made eye contact and he let me. So by the way, this is the moment where we can really talk shit about Dylan. So how was he on the set, Bob? Did you enjoy being with Dylan or no? He's a pro and he's wonderful. I met him years ago and I liked him. I mean, I met him when he was young. I met everybody. Kevin, I met you when you were young, really young. We were all young. Bob, the question is, obviously, Fuller House was an easier sell. Doug and I are of the opinion that Entourage would be harder to make, where (laughs) Kevin Dillon believes that it's a no-brainer to bring it back. Well, he's coming in now, and I have an answer for you. I have a... uh, uh, Kevin... Oh, he's got to put the headset on. <laughs> yeah. Did Dylan really do that to you, Bob? Fuck. What did I do? Oh, shit. <laughs> no, God, he's giving us an answer. We're, was we're, it I think he was mad over what happened in the show as Johnny Drama. <laughs> so he just. No, I was so, mad. You uh, stole my girl, bro. Kevin, we've been talking about um, that we did Fuller House. So we got to go back and see the old oh, band nice. again and yeah. hang out. And that you and Doug was saying that you would like to do that and oh, have entourage. Yeah. Let's do a reboot. Doug. I would Come love on. it. Bob. Hey, Bob, I would love it too. I just we'll don't think that's in the zeitgeist right now. That's just my thought. Like, well, it is, it is really not in the zeitgeist unless you take the approach that honors the zeitgeist. As I've said before, entourage, I'll be long dead before we ever do a reboot of that again. So it doesn't, doesn't matter. But uh, Kevin so, Dillon, don't worry. I'll take over the reins. All right, there we go. I got some fan questions for you, Bob. Can we can we ask you some of these? Absolutely. It's four inches around. <laughs> I have a so, chode. So Michelle can. <laughs> it's in the zeitgeist, Kevin. And Jay Longway wants to know, like, do you, do you like a line in the show? You said you don't remember the '90s. You have a good recollection of the '90s, or is it a absolutely? <laughs> I, I have a I have a crack memory because that's what I was on. Crack. <laughs> I'm just saying that. Thanks, Kevin. You know, Doug's pulling a Leno. He's thinking of the next question. Uh, No, I'm listening. I can do both. It's amazing. But Willow 44. Yeah, the 90s, I remember really, really well. And, um, you know, they're a huge part of my life. The regrets I have is I was doing 
the good fortune of two family shows. And I think I didn't give the amount of time to my daughters that I wish I would have given. That's one of my regrets. Yeah, it's always, you know, it's hard to balance both for sure. So, but Willow4473 wants to know this, which Kevin Connolly will hate this question, but have you ever seen Kissing a Fool, Bob? Oh, oh no. <laughs> David Schwimmer, Jason Lee, Millie Avatar, Bonnie Hunt. I, I have seen it. I have no, seen it lies. It. I, have you? I don't remember it. I, I, I remember the 90s, but I don't remember. But I didn't remember that one. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. This is a real question, though. In your opinion, how close did Entourage come to, to reality of what the Hollywood life was? And this is Gia Angelo wanted to ask this question, which I think is a good one. Did you think we captured what Hollywood was really like during that time period? Or I think some of it uh, was spot on and some of it was a little bit over the top, but not really. Because when you look at some of the stuff that has happened in this town over the years, and I think it's going to change a lot. It is changing a lot. And we're still not out and operating like we want to be, obviously. We're not going to for a while. But, yeah, you guys captured some stuff. I mean, Gary Busey, you've had him on the podcast. <laughs> That's him. And you did a lot of, I mean, I, I was a huge fan. So I watched every single episode. I never missed one thing. And that's something to be said when you're on a show that you watch every episode. I mean, I got it because it's guys that they're living this fake dream that they think they're going to make it and they might. And they do. I mean, Aquaman became a real movie. That must have freaked you all out. There's like honestly 15 of them that became Pablo. real movies. I mean, from, yeah, Escobar becoming Narcos. There's, there's a lot of them. Yeah, Gatsby. It's, yeah. Uh, it's all kind of weird. Ferrari is coming out soon. So, but yeah, you did, you did, you did capture a real part of culture, and I think when we look back at that decade, you guys are a huge part of it. It's that's where it was, and people might say now, you know, that was part of the problem, but it's not part of the problem. It was a mirror to what guys were like, yeah, and I'm, and and, yeah. and and what guys from Jersey that come out as buddies that's to York, make it bro. in L.A. Oh, New, it wasn't Jersey? No, New York. <laughs> wow, you did backstory. Yeah. Queens, bro. Dylan, yeah. Where was drama, where Queens, was drama from? Queens. Queens. All Queens. four guys. Yeah. Really? No, yeah, no Jersey, Bob. No like Jersey. I said, I missed one episode, and it was when they said where they're from. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're talking about some of the things that I grew up on. I mean, I grew up, I wanted to be Richard Pryor. I wanted to be Eddie Murphy. And Me too. You know, you, you look back at some of that stand-up stuff, Dice Clay, and you're like, whoa. I mean, like, it will never fly today. But at the end of the day, comedy has always been something that helped push culture forward. And, uh, you know, what will last and what will not, it's kind of a, out of our hands. And hopefully, I think we would we, all hope that we do. Doug, this is really healthy for you because we've known each other a long time and I've seen you when you're feeling down and I've seen you when you're angry and I've seen you when you're happy. And it's hard sometimes for people to be happy, especially if we have the makeup or the genetics that we have or the family life we had. Yep. And this is really positive and good for you. I wouldn't stop doing this if you go direct or produce or write yeah. a new show or a movie, I would keep this thing going because it's, I'm it's really enjoying it. You know, I mean, it's once, positive for yeah, you. It's yeah, good. It is. And it's, uh, he talks a lot. <laughs> yeah, we never, yeah. The only thing I miss getting into Bob with, cause Bob, you know, Bob is tight with John Mayer, like tight and yeah, they're like best friends yeah. and got me tickets to the show, which I love John. And, uh, so I don't know. He's yeah. one of the best guys and he would have been great on the entourage. Oh, he would have been, been awesome. He would have been yeah, awesome. Cause he, uh, he would give, give Vince a run for his money. Huh? 
Oh, he would give Vince a run for his Connolly money. Connolly is yeah. calling John Mayer for Vince in the reboot. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> well, I got a question for, for Kevin Dillon. How could you do the reboot and make it acceptable for people in this in this world that we're in right now? Well, I think it, it you don't have to make it too acceptable. I think we could go back the way it was. I, I, I really don't. I think it could, the world needs that right now. I really do. Well, here's, I, I don't here, here's what the, I know, just to jump into that. The show's about friendship, and I can write that same show without cursing, and I can write it with, with less. As I've always said, these guys were never, like you said about yourself, they were never predators. They talked a big game, and they did whatever. But the biggest thing that would change is the way Ari spoke in an office because you couldn't do that, that would today. Change. I mean, you, that would, you, have to you would be fired. But four guys hanging around, you know, there's always going to be – uh, friendships, whether it's women or men, there's always going to be shows about. I still talk that way, hundred percent. Yeah, but they also. Yeah, they do. They yes. do. So I, I think I think it could be done. It's going to be done by a younger man than myself because uh, it's just not something I want to do. But uh, well, Kevin Connolly over here, the oh, businessman, podcast, the business he likes man to can handle in, it. Sit there, you know, be, notes. not get paid. It's great. <laughs> Kevin Connolly could definitely do this. He could do twelve things at once. He's baking a pie right now. <laughs> I mean, Connolly, you, you can't even imagine. You can't see each other. So he, he he's doing so many things in the corner of my eye over there. I never <laughs> know what's going on. Podcast and, here, bro. And I I'm can't. Sorry to you know, keep breaking that to you. He is building a bit. You, see, you hear that one? Not the only podcast here, Bob. He doesn't even try to pretend we're like important talent no, anymore. You guys, are, you guys are up at the top echelon of shows the here. You're not, you're not sitting in the one spot. You guys. It's <laughs> you guys again. Yep. Oh, so Connolly has always been known as a morale booster. Always. Always <laughs> makes you feel like you're real special. I do think one thing would have to change. I do think it would be less of a of a feeling of women being victimized because people could watch the old series and go, Oh wow. They're just playing her or she's not smart. But a lot of times the women were predators also. So, mm. you know, it was about young people wanting to get something out of this stupid town yeah. and would do anything to get it. Yeah. But I feel like the show great- also changed from seasons one and two and maybe three and they get, the guys got better. They were, a little well, more gentlemanly. Too, in in just, the reboot, we'd be more mature, yes, right? So it would be a mature, different so version of the characters. Yeah. Again, as I've said, and, and some of the great females we've had on the show, Emmanuel, Carla Cugina, they, they, they felt that the characters were, were represented fairly, and it was a show that was looking through the world through a guy's eyes. There is zero I would ever apologize about it. Like I said, it was done 2003 to 2012, whatever it right. was. And today, if I wrote it today, I would write it differently because I'm different. The world's different. But I wouldn't write it differently because I was worried about what an audience would think about it. I think right. that's always a dangerous way to, to approach any work. But th- like I said, the world is going to judge it, and there's nothing we can say. The best news for me is they're going to judge these guys far more than they're going <laughs> to yeah. judge me because nobody's going to remember who the fuck I am. I don't know. You're, you're talking a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Doug try. did it. I just keep saying Doug did it. Yeah. Doug made me do it. Ke- Kevin Dillon, I've got it figured out what you would do. Johnny Drama would have a huge part. He'd be the star like Kevin Costner on Yellowstone. I did see He'd be on the biggest Western That'd and he'd awesome. get off, but you'd be talking like Johnny Drama. <laughs> they say that Yellowstone is like one of the best shows on TV. I gotta Who's give it. They? I gotta give I it. Love I love heard. I keep I hearing it. great. from everybody. Yellowstone's how great, it is. great, and the acting is. I mean, it's all great. The writing, it looks amazing. Costner's awesome. Phenomenal. Costner's awesome. Cole Hauser's. Awesome. I mean, everybody on it is awesome. I don't know if you watch. That's it, it's beyond awesome. And the other thing is, it's on four networks at the same time: streamers and CMT yeah. wow. and 
anything Viacom well, all and this, Paramount. All the stuff is so strange now how it works. I mean, like, uh, I watched Cobra Kai is great, by the way, if you haven't seen it with Ralph Macchio. But I watched that on YouTube two, three years ago, and now it's the number one thing on Netflix. Like, all of a sudden, Netflix picks it up, and it goes to this whole, as you know, uh, they can blow you up extremely big, you know? HBO kind of hides us, like, you know, like we're not, like we're lepers. Well, they wouldn't now. With HBO Max, I'm they wouldn't. You, so go, the reboot go. would get a new thing. Yeah, but I'm saying even the old one, you go turn on their first page, it's like Sex and the City, Curb Your Enthusiasm, and you got to like get to E-N-T-O-U-R-A-G, and it still's not even popping up. But Bob, as I said, you're a friend, and you're, everything you're doing is pretty amazing. Your career's been pretty remarkable, and uh, we love you, and thank you for doing this. We appreciate it. Stay safe, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you, Doug. I love this version of you. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Connolly, I love you. Kevin Dillon, I love you. We love you too, bro. Bye, Bob. And that wraps up. Uh, take it ep- easy, guys. And that wraps up another episode of Victory, the podcast. I'm Doug Ellen at Mr. Doug Ellen. I'm Kevin Dillon at Kevin Dillon Official. Victory. <laughs> <laughs>